The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm so excited to have on a few guests today. Um, Kalpana Devi and Manu Africa. Folks from the 413 will know them as Rebel, um, a really amazing uh, musical family group um, that's been performing for a long time. Um, We were having some back and forth before we went on the air, (laughs) the origins of the 80s and the 90s. Um, But welcome to the both of you. Thank you, Tara. So good to be here. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, I'm so excited for you both to be here. Um, Kalpana, you and I have known each other for a few years back and forth and it's been a few years since we've seen each other so I'm so glad that you both are here thank you thank you for having us yeah and so for people who don't know you or who haven't experienced you um, I was I just gave Joan Holiday a little um, trick on <laughs> to start the show I went to your website um, which is rebelworldwide.com and there's music there um, so people can listen along if they want but I just started playing a song and in the first five notes Joan Holiday knew exactly who was in the room <laughs> which I was like all right Joan go on with your bad self <laughs> um, but for people who don't know you, will you talk a little bit about who you are um, and how you've arrived to be Rebel? We'd be happy to. Kingman, why don't you start and talk about origins of the, the, the uh, our, you know, our project together and where Rebel comes from. Okay. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> right there. Okay. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for having us here, and we're happy to be here to share everything we've been doing. Uh, rebel, uh, black rebels to rebel. Uh, how we started is just inspiration, uh, music. Uh, for me, how it come to me, even I have background family was in the music like my dad was a great singer and guitar player still he's still around so i should not say words <laughs> he's still around uh, but for me music comes um, since i'm a little child like i remember six years old i fall in love with music with dance and music so i used to dance a lot for the for the family, like when there's a gathering, I'll be the the one kind of show off a little bit. <laughs> I like my moves and and I love it. And after when I I love watching my dad play music with his friends too. But music was not I was not allowed to play it. My dad didn't want me to play music. He wanted me to go to school, study, and become somebody else, maybe a, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever he was thinking in his mind. But for me, art was my life and something I feel. And so I choose my own way to learn the music and play it. And when the music come to me, I said the only way I'll play music is to free the world from pain. Mm and to bring justice and love to the world. Every word I write is for the suffering people, is where I'm coming from, because I was born and raised in the ghetto, in the, here they call it inner city, 
people, right, in the ghetto where things are really not easy. But I focus myself in the art and I stay away from going to the other way. So I stay focused. So for me, the music, that's how it came to me. And after a friend of mine, he basically gave me the name Black Rebels. He said, Manu, you are the Black Rebels because what you stand for, take this name and take it to the world. And I say, oh, thank you. So I carry the name and I, without any knowledge of music, I collect brothers from different parts of Africa and I create what become Black Rebels. And after the rest, we can talk more about it. But that's how, <laughs> that's how it come about, like in Africa. And is that where you grew up? Yeah, I grew up in West, West Africa, Senegal, born and raised. There, my parents came from the, the Ten Island of Cabo Verde, who's like uh, two hours from Senegal. Mm-hmm. And there's another whole story there too. I can talk for hours about <laughs> that, but I know <laughs> we're here with <laughs> limited time. So that's how things start in there. And so you speak about music finding you or or you being allowed to have music sort of uh, fall into you, be incorporated into you. Yeah. How old were you when you finally like heard that calling and answered it? I was in my, I was, like when I was a teenager, I used to make sure I go I used to dance with this troupe. So I go to clubs and I go to the whole village everywhere in the region and dance. And after I feel like the way I was going, I didn't really like my life at that time. The way I was, was basically a lot of party. I was getting involved with so many things and I was uh, like what? 14, 15, 16. Mm. <laughs> so that's a really young age I was doing all this. But when I was 17, something really hit me and my whole life changed. I become really deep spiritual into my faith, Rasta faith. And I become really deep into Rastaf- Rastafari movement. And that's where the music really come to me and call me. And I just let my body get into it and my spirit and my soul and and the rest is just a history. Did you have people that sort of showed you that way? I mean, because at 17, I'm, I'm imagining that that lifestyle, I'm, I was in some of it. I was a dancer, professional dancer, but, you know, it's just so hard when you're in that mix to actually, like, elevate above it or beyond it or to to incorporate a movement like a Rastafari movement where you're actually like stepping back and answering a higher calling. Well, basically it's Rastafari, you knock me in the head and yo son, you gotta change your ways Mm. and really focus, you got a mission, you got a bigger mission on earth than just, you know, bringing, you trying to bring culture to the clubs and you know, different music and vibes, but it's time for you to really focus in a different direction. So that's how I get that the calling and really focus. And my mom was a big part of it too, because 
together like reasoning and mom bringing me clothes <laughs> she's a, she's a catholic so she really believe in her uh you know christianity and so she make sure the son is staying positive and so thank god for the mamas yeah <laughs> thank god for the mamas right kalpana Yes. 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 And so, at, at what point did you come into this? At what point did did you come into the um, Manu oh, Africa picture? Well, what time? Wh- and also, what t- at what point did Manu Africa come into the Culpa Davy picture? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, I was talking about that the other day. How you know, sharing sharing center stage with with this with this incredible human being is. Um, you know, it's it's an awakening in and of itself, and um, our administrative assistant was wanting to combine our individual bios and create one bio that represents Rebel. And she, I was, I don't remember, I think I was driving back from Boston. And she kept calling me and saying, "How does this sound?" And I said, "You know, it's really tricky, but." Y- the reason why I wrote two individual bios instead of one is because you have to be really conscious of whose lens you're telling the story through. So that was so that's hence my response. Yes. Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> it, is, it is all and both and back and forth. Um, so depending on which song it is. Right. Like yeah, who's, yeah. who's taking the, the main mic is like. You know, yeah. it's a moment in time. So yeah, yes, it's so I hear true. you. Yeah, no, I know you get it. Absolutely. Thank you. And mm-hmm. thank you for, yeah, being yeah, you so too. generous. Yeah. yeah, same. So, um, well, when I hear, when I hear Manutella, his story, I'm really struck by how, you know, I mean, he was on one side of the Atlantic Ocean growing up and I was on the other side of the Atlantic growing up. And I'm still so tr- struck time and time again by the parallel paths we were living. And um, and we didn't know each other then, you know, mm-hmm. and his experience of dance. I had a similar experience of dance here. My experience of dance here came through the music because I was you know, going from crawling to walking and pulling myself up on the piano and and teething on the piano keys. I mean, and I think, I think, you know, my, you know, I sat thousands and thousands ultimately of hours at that piano playing music and then branched out to other instruments. But I think, yeah, I was just trying to eat music, you know, from the jump. <laughs> and there's, you know, we still have that little antique miniature upright with the, you know, the teeth marks out of some, some chip stuff happening. Ivory. Um, I can't believe it. We're already at our first break. So hold that thought. Okay. Piano keys and all. Um, I'm here with Rebel, Confident Devi, and Manu Africa. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Rebel Worldwide, uh, Kalpana Devi, and Manu Africa. And before we had to break very abruptly, as uh, Kalpana was going to start talking about your story, your origin story, um, we got to hear a little bit about piano keys and some chips in them. (laughs) So I'd love for you to continue with that thought on the other side of the 
ocean. Thank you. Thanks for reminding me, Tara. And and uh, we should get a, um, uh, some recording device going on in between takes because uh, <laughs> the conversations we have off air are really yes. juicy, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I always say that to Joan. We should have a secret recorder in here for yeah, that yeah. very reason. So true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I was saying that the um, just the, I'm always struck whenever I hear Manu you know, tell his story. I heard it again a couple of weeks ago or a week ago when our brother Alpha was up from Brooklyn and he had turned on a recording studio in our living room and I came in and Manu was being interviewed and then Alpha turned the mic toward me and he said, you know, so what's your response to this theme? And I said, well, my response is to my husband, actually. That's my theme right now because I'm just in a deep listening space to what he has to say. And again, really struck, like for instance, with I was saying, referencing the dance as well. Um, I came into dance in a really strong way as a way of being in completely and unwaveringly embodied as the instrument. Um, that was my commitment to music, to enter in. And I entered into dance through through music. I was gigging a lot. I was in a gigging culture from the time I was a teenager, and which was a, which was a distinct honor. Um, and um, and I had never and I had never danced really before. I'd never opened up myself um, in terms of like a um, more formal commitment to movement in that way. And through my music, some of my work, music work. I st- I got to work with I I actually received a commission from Yale University to compose a piece of dance music for an ensemble that was housed at Yale and I studied dancers and I studied their musicality and I said that I I, I can do that <laughs> you know and I must do that so that's how I stepped out into dance work but so when I listen to Manu talk about his history and I'm living a living example of my history I'm uh, you know and then we <clears throat> you know effortlessly really truly effortlessly I wasn't I wasn't I, w- I was I was more than subconsciously or unconsciously aware that I was that that there was going to be a meeting. And I and 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 I know this may be hard to believe, but I did dream him before I met him. And it was his brother who who found me. His brother was walking down the streets of Northampton one day. His brother happened to be standing in a in a, a storefront, the doorway of one of the storefronts, and said, "Hey, sister, where are you from?" You know, and we struck up a conversation, and um, it was his brother who finally called me after he got back from Senegal, and said, "Can you come to the recording studio? We're going to be doing, or can you come to the studio? We're going to be doing some work." And it was this in the, it, and it was for that night, and it was the middle of a snowstorm. And I'm afraid to drive in the snow. And a friend of mine said, I have a feeling about this. I think you got to go. And I said, well, if you drive me. And so they did. And I made my way in the snowstorm. And on the way up there, I was talking to my friend and saying, you know, I actually have never sung I've never stepped into a situation in music. I'm a composer, 
right? That was my, that was my, that was one of my first arrivals to music was as a creator, as an, as an original. Um, and then, and then I had an, all kinds of study in European classical music, but I was inundated in the sounds of African-American classical music. So Duke Ellington and Oscar Peterson and Ella Fitzgerald and Count Basie and Louis Armstrong. And that was the music that, that, that uh, activated me and, and activated my um, impulse and my drive for more discovery. And, um, and one of my first mentors was a jazz, a creative musician, um, Wadada Leo Smith, um, who um, is a, a formidable figure in the, people want to say the avant-garde jazz scene or whatever, but anyway. So as I'm driving up that snowy road or in the passenger seat, I'm saying, I, I don't even really know who this brother is. I mean, I know he's you know, got a great feeling about him, but what, like, they they're going to want me to sing their story or like what am i what am i giving my voice to you know and we get to the cabin i knock on the door my future brother-in-law who i don't know that that's who he is yet answers the door and <clears throat> i'm not even kidding it's almost like he was in the car in the back seat listening he said we know who you are we know what you do just do what you do and i pass you the mic and uh, okay (laughs) and I stepped into the door and I looked to my right and I looked right into this man's eyes and then I said oh no I'm not ready and I thought I thought for sure I was going to have to travel halfway around the world obviously to find this person it never occurred to me in in a million years that I'd find him in a cabin in Wendell in the middle of a snowstorm in the heart of New England. Um, and there he was. And so um, music brought us together. Music, um, music, Here, here's something I want to say about music. Um, my creative assignment is devotion to each note on the scale of eternity and composing music that unleashes solutions through the ferocity of committed love songs that chronicle systemic injustices and urge conscious liberation. My practice is distilling the purest forms of language that align unity consciousness to summon that out of the chaos and inspire movements of visionary love. And our music studio is a sacred space in our home where we go to sit in the space. I go to sit in the space of remembrance to make myself whole again. I pick up any one of my instruments, guitar or percussion these days, and I open my voice, I let my sound out, and begin by making myself whole again. From there, I move into states of unity consciousness in order to be an instrument of visionary love. Right? So this... this this is something I also, I'm so proud of when we are, when we are, when we're sharing center stage together, you know, we're straddling center stage. I'm, I'm right and he's left, right? And center stage is right there mm-hmm. between us mm-hmm. in equal portion. And um, I tell the audience sometimes, you know, you're, you're also witnessing a marriage right now and you can't make this sh- you can't stuff. make yeah. You can't make this stuff up. Thank you for saving me. You can't make this. 
<laughs> you can't make these shenanigans up. That was what the SH word was for. <laughs> shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, go ahead. And, well, something. I was just going to say, and that was, that was 30 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. been together a really long time. Yeah. Your third marriage. I do say that, that I tell people that I am on my third marriage to the same man, and you, just before we came back on the air, said, what is that, is that in 10-year, in decade increments? I said, no, it's about the rhythm, it's about who we're becoming, and it's about the lastingness, the sustainability that I, I am continuing to meet him as he, in who he becomes, and he continues to meet me in who I become. We're not seeking to hold each other back. We're seeking, you know, we're leading through discovery. We're leading through love. We're leading through innovative thought. We're leading through also the life that we've built together is a great momentum. It's a great why. It's a great reason. And we're certainly leading through the holy sparks of each of our soul seeds, our mm -hmm. kids, mm -hmm. um, because they are they are mirrors that keep that keep reflecting. Um, How many kids do you have? A thousand. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, all birthed through this body, or six. You pick which one. I'm sure sometimes it feels like more than six you think maybe not a thousand but you think yeah <laughs> and a few of them are in the area right are are more than two in the area so our two youngest mm -hmm. Ashira and Yasi are in the area and they also do you know we travel as a family we were traveling a lot more before the pandemic but um you know we, they do travel and they're up to amazing things um Imani it was just in the area um, and he just went back to California after six months and he'll be coming back again in February and Naya's out in California and David and Sarah are in Senegal awesome we'll talk more about your family when we come back I'm with Rebel Worldwide this is Tara Brewster you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show we'll be right back the Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster WHMP the Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Rebel Worldwide. Um, you've been hearing some really beautiful storytelling from Kalpana Devi and Manu Africa, who are the founders of Rebel. And Rebel is a um, beautiful just homage to music, to family, um, to inspiration. And so um, Kalpana was telling us a little bit about their six children, um, some of who we may know from being in the area. Um, one of them is Naya Kete, um, and another one is Amani. Imani Elijah. Uh-huh, yep. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about how your family philosophy looks um, in your practice, in your band, in your performance, and how that all works, being a family band? Mm-hmm, sure. Thanks, Tara. Um, all four, the four youngest kids were all born at home. And that was just such a testament. And, and all the older kids were at the birth of the younger kids. So that's just such, a, just such a testament to sort of the seamless quality of the life that we've built. And, um, and that we, that, that it's not even like I, I, I we, that we took a stand for it. It was like neither of us could see any other way. And, um, 
the experience of the experience of giving birth, the experience of, of being pregnant and giving birth was one of the most fundamentally empowering and miraculous experiences of my life. And I got to do that four times. We have six kids. I inherited the two oldest through my king man, and they live in Senegal still near their mother. Um, but it is, the, it is a deep and high honor that I also get to be a mother to those, our two oldest. Um, and... Um, a friend, a good friend of mine, a colleague, uh, you know, called me after I gave birth to, after Naya gave birth to me and made me a mother. And after I gave birth to Naya, a good friend of mine called and, and, um, there, there, there's just lots of community, lots of support, lots of friends and family surrounding the miraculous light of this new life who had entered the realms in our midst. And, um, she said, she said, she, you know, she said, like, how do you, how are you going to do it? Like, I just can't imagine. And I said, I know, and this may be hard to believe, but I already know that giving birth has actually increased my capacity. And I'm not, and and I'm not flexing a muscle and I don't want to be doing in the world to the point where it's toxic for me or for my kids. But I kid you not, that's what I know. That's my knowing. And I'll let you know how it goes, you know? (laughs) And, um, I, um, that the, the two, Naya Kete and Amani Elijah were completely saturated and inundated in culture and music and drumming and dance and composing and recording studio and all kinds of stages from the time they were born. I literally had Naya Kete wrapped up on my back, um, six weeks after she was born, um, for, um, an acoustic performance that I was invited, you know, I wasn't the center stage, but I wanted, I just wanted to get out with my baby and just feel, you know, feel like a part of things. And, um, where, where I did take a stand with them and this is, this was formative. Um, I, I saw it be formative for them. I, they can speak for themselves. Um, was as a woman who did feel that and do, does know that having children increased my capacity. I didn't want to be pushed to the side and I didn't want to be excluded from the center of the marketplace. I didn't. And I, and, and so of course I started noticing right away, you know, mothers and children are allowed here, but we're not allowed there. And I started to investigate, why aren't we allowed there? Oh, because there we make noise, there's sounds, and because there's body fluids, and there's extra, and it takes more time. And um, so I said, okay, so in some places I could understand, right? I'm not somebody who wants to crash sacred boundaries. But in other fabricated instances, I was like, okay, so if we're seen as disruptors, let's be a disruptor. And let's disrupt that. And so um, I started to respond to calls that I would get to do things. I would say, I can I can go and um, compose some music for your play. I can go and um, uh, show up for that audition. I can go and perform at this event. Um, my only condition is that if my kid wants to be with me and it's what's in flow that day, I'll, I won't arrive as just myself. 
you know? And um, I rarely heard no. And I sort of, it sort of was, but, but, but I couldn't assume that it was okay. I really had to tell that story um, by even broaching the question or by, by broaching the condition. And so Naikatin and Mani Elijah were, were um, just saturated in music and community and dance and community as they came up in the world. One of the first pointed questions I asked Naya when she was two, I said, who do you see yourself as when you get to be big like mommy? And she said, the path to a singer. And all those years later, she was, you know, a contestant on NBC's The Voice, you know. And um, anyway, um, I think... I really want so so David and Sarah are also very very immersed in musical creating and our young our two youngest Ashira is hugely talented as a dancer and um, has had opportunities to perform and teach and choreograph and our youngest youngest um, is a it, it, it just, I mean, he just, he's a completely natural dancer. He's a natural singer. He's a natural drummer. The other day he was just like drumming on his body. And I was like, do you know what you just did? He said, oh, thanks. Um, and he, <laughs> he, um, um, it, um, it, it's, it's the older kids, they, the younger ones are, are in studies and they're in edu- their educational flow right now. It's the older kids who have stepped out professionally. And, um, I will say, I, I, I think you have something to say about Kingman. I think you have something to say about, I mean, you know, everything that I did with Kete, with Nai Kete and Imani in terms of, you know, just throwing them into spaces and being with them in the spaces of just cultural advancement and music and dance and all the things. And, and, and even when you and I met, that was one of the conversations I had with you and brother Janelle was like, you know, my kids come with, right. These children come with, um, King man and I both came to the relationship with two soul seeds each. And, um, you know, but, but then you have experiences as Naikate and Amani were getting older of, of being in the um, of being in the practice room with them. Yeah, it was uh, very uh, joyful. Uh, I remember you calling me after Imani came to the first practice and say he went home and set up all this part and way big from the cupboard and start doing the drumming and cross so, so they were involved with. They saw like they can remember songs. Like now they're old, they can tell me, oh, you remember this song? I go, oh, yeah, I do. And especially Imani, he know all our tune, he know the arrangement, so do Kete. And when they were young, they used to come to our practice room and they'll be there and they'll watch everything. But Imani will be focused in the in the drama. Kete will be focused in us. She wanted to play the guitar and be front, like, the front leader and singing and and after a while I say okay maybe I should build them a little little studio like little practice place for the for them and I go I'm gonna give you guys a name too uh, 
abandoned. So I call them the children of the Most High. And after Kete, they start writing their own songs. These were like, they were what, eight to six and seven and nine. So they were little kids and they were writing some good lyrics. And I will check it and go, whoa, this is really deep. And they, they copy some of our songs, some of our, what we were saying, and they add it to their stuff, and and we put them, and I go, okay, band member, can you guys back up our children? And and they start performing with us. So that is what I really remember. And when they get older, Imani, when he was nine, our drummer kind of start a family so he left the band and after everybody we have this gig everybody's looking at me and I'm looking for drama all over the place I could not find one person to come play and Kete keep looking at me and go Abba you should just have Imani play I go no Imani's too young I don't want to put him in the clubs and we were playing in all those places so and we already had another break. You guys, I love this. We're going to have to do a double show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here with Rebel today, and we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I've been having such a great time today talking with Rebel. Um, you can find more information about them at rebelworldwide.com. And Manu was just talking about um, one of their children, Amani Elijah, at nine years old, stepping up on the drums um, when uh, he was called to do so. And so I would love to hear the rest of the story, and I know everyone else would too. Yeah. So when he was nine, after Kete talked to me about, oh, you you don't have any more anybody else to go. Just work with this, with your son, and he will do the work. And and I did. I gave him a tape, and he went out. He that was a cassette. <laughs> he plugged the cassette, and he started drumming. And right right away. Right away, minutes. he he drum it, and I go. I am a composer, arranger, I write most of this music. She writes most of the music too. Together we write all the music. And I go, that's good enough. We're gonna go and do the show. And the rest is just like, from there, he keep playing with us until he was 18. He moved to California. Kete joined too. Little while, Naya joined us too on keyboard and vocal, backup vocal, and she did do some lead vocal too. So, and we're we're all on stage together every chance all, we get. All until I mean, they now. were they were with us yeah. at um, gigs we did last summer, and yes. we've played together out in California. Yeah. It continues for sure. Yeah, when they come, they they play with us. So when they're around, I I think it's a testament yeah. to you both, and and the reason why you're here is because Naya had emailed me about something. That you were doing um, an event called Love for Humanity, yes. which was passed. Um, it was on uh, the 10th of December. But I just wanted to read this little paragraph because it's it's just so it just is resonating with me about um, how you're talking about your family and your business and your children. Um, uh, she says, "For my whole life, I've witnessed my mom and Abba Manu Africa." devote their lives to their music and mission, developing their artistry into a brand voice centered on the liberation of the human spirit. 
I've watched them live their purpose powerfully, inspirational, impacting their audiences, particularly in the context of multicultural families and a love revolution. So, Naya, you're welcome. You're now the favorite child once again. They do ask Not me. Not that it's a competition they, they, or anything, they, they, but they, you know, they do ask. Who's it your favorite? And I say <laughs> it. It just depends on the day. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Depends on the moment. <laughs> ask me again later. That it'll change. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about love for humanity and how that was birthed and how that went, yeah. um, and what your dream for it was and is? Do you want to start, or you want me to start, or? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's go, let's go, let's love, go. Love for humanity came to us in the inspiration. And why we say love for humanity is everything you see we see around us. Was we see too much division. We see racism, we see classism, we see poverty and and always we see people fighting one another instead uh, really try to listen to one another. So for us, love of, for humanity is to bring people, even if the conversation is very hard, but we have the conversation inside the bin behind your, your computer and sending message and fighting with your neighbor, your brother, sister, mom, or dad, but come together and talk and really put love as the center, right? Because love conquer everything. Love is more powerful than any anything we see. If we really work hard inside, we got that love, we can shine it and the world will switch in second. So that's for me, that's the energy love for humanity is. And can I add to that? Go ahead. Yeah, so um, Love for Humanity is our commitment to harnessing a movement of communal at one man. So we have this, we, we, we first launched it, we were uh, selected to perform um, to bring our love for humanity to the Parliament of World Religions in Chicago in August. So we did it there first. So what we did on December 10th in Northampton was our second love for humanity experience. Um, but it's, it's <clears throat> about harnessing a collective in a movement of communal at one minute, unity consciousness where the majority of us can at least all agree on one thing, a world where any child can walk from any place in the world to any other place in the world and be safe, welcome, and celebrated. Any woman can do that. Any man can do that. Any human can do that, right? So we may not agree on everything, right? But it's also about the art of relationship, right? And so positioning ourselves in proximity to the other in the just right at the just right closeness or distance that allows us to love the most, right? We are all beholden to that. We're all accountable to this field, this quantum field of creating. And, um, <clears throat> and so, and then it goes further because we curated some speakers. We, 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 we intentionally curated speakers and we intentionally curated our musical set for clarifying and determining the world that we are committed to dreaming awake because we know and understand that our thoughts and our feelings, our inner verse to it is the most fundamental, radical, and revolutionary action that we can take because it's the action that precedes the action 
and gives us a better shot at the outcome of that which we are intending to manifest, right? So it's riding that wave of manifestation. Um, And it's also about, the last thing I want to say too about that is that it's also about excavating and self-exploration and really having conversations that sort of urge us to discover what we're no longer willing to tolerate, like what Kingman was saying, right? And I'll go so far as to say, and we'll both go so far as to say, we are no longer willing to tolerate a world where there is genocide, as a matter of fact, where there is poverty in a world brimming with resources, where there is racism and misogyny and homophobia and classism and corporatocracy and huge political corruptions. And so for us, because we have claimed that, we are in a, a reclamation of that, right? Um, we've arrived at this stage, literally, in our life where we are accountable, where we are exhilarated in our accountability as creators. And so, um, you know, in the spirit of, uh, you know, um, maybe probably a lot of people on your show know who Napoleon Hill is and Napoleon Hill, um, you know, on the subject of the, that, the, the power to trans, that one person has the power to transform the field. And Napoleon Hill said, first comes thought. The beginning, as you will observe, is in the imagination. Then what's possible or what isn't possible when we harness the power of divine, uh, when we harness the divine power of the collective mind. And, 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 and in my own life, and I'm sure many of your listeners, and you've experienced this too, I have, I have evidence, and I have recurring evidence of what happens when I reclaim my focus, mm-hmm. and I take it back from the hijackers, yep. right, of the entertainment, of certain aspects of the entertainment industry. and um, Social media and things like that too. And so before we wrap up, because I know we have to wrap up really quickly, I love this event. I love that you did it. I love that it was successful for you. And so the patronage and the Patreon, will you Patreon, talk a little bit yeah, about please, that? Please, please, please consider supporting us. Um, you can go to rebelworldwide.com and you can go to patreon.com and look up Rebel Love for Humanity. And there's a whole host of things there that you can, um, that you'll have access to as a member of Team Love for Humanity. Um, yeah, please support us. Yeah, I I am a big fan of the both of yours and your music and your mission and this um, love for humanity. I think it needs to happen more. I think we all need to get refocused to what is actually really important in our lives and and wash away the clutter of the social media and the things that other people want us to pay attention to. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I talked today with Rebel, um, Kalpana Devi, and Manu Africa. Thank Thank you you both so much for being here. Yeah, you're the best. It's been great. Thank you. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.